Hello. Welcome to episode four of the Libertarian Podcast. Suspended edition. So hello, friends and family. Kids and cadets. Monsters and masterminds. Pugilists. And plaintiffs. Or whatever else you want to call yourselves. I'm currently in Twitter jail. So I speak to you from the outside of the Twitterverse. Hopefully the the message of this podcast being posted or the the notification of it being posted will be uh, spread via my friends in the DZLC. If you don't know, sorry about your life. Anyway, so I decided to maybe make this a little bit of a rant. Um... Because, you know, I understand. Let me preface it by this. I'm going to go off on a little rant here in a second, but let me preface it with this. A, I understand Twitter is a company that, uh, you know, has its own rights and can ban and unban and suspend and unsuspend and remove items as they see fit on their platform. I understand that. It's their right. I respect that right. But just because I respect it doesn't mean I have to be happy about it when it specifically affects me or beliefs in general that I agree with that I might feel are being suppressed. And I understand that I am no obligation to continue using their service if I'm dissatisfied with the method in which they decide what is and is not allowed on their platform. So most of this is within with well not most of this all of this is within that understanding and uh as always i would say most of this is with uh entertainment purposes in mind so embellishment exaggerations while they are reflective of my actual feelings they are just that embellishments and exaggerations so uh a little bit of a acknowledgement of that. And I guess that would be a, I don't know, a disclaimer. A disclaimer is probably best. So, with that being said, man, I hate birds. I hate little blue birds. I hate their little tweety ways and the ways they try to subdue opinions that they find unattractive or unaligned with what they believe to be an accurate narrative of the world. Now, do the depths of my suspension reach that far? Maybe not. But I'm sure they have some sort of influence. I'm not ashamed or shy or even uh, reserved about expressing my libertarian viewpoints with a little bit of colorful flavor flavor and and uh, spicy language, if you will. That's not something I shy away from on Twitter. Never have. Never will. And while that's not the reason I was given for my suspension, 
although the reason given was quite bland and generic, I do believe it probably played a factor in me being identified for the reason, for suspension as I was. And it is my folly for having my personal account also linked to my phone number, which got caught in the crossfire, the collateral damage, if you will, of this situation. So, my theory. Let's start with my theory about why I was removed, aroused, suspended. And again, I want to say this. I know suspension isn't the end-all, be-all, the big bad of Twitter. It happens. It happens to a lot of people. I've seen a lot of people it happened to come back just fine. No problem there. I'm not holding this as like some big badge of honor or um, some great injustice. I'm sure I'll be back. I hope I'll be back. <laughs> um, but I'm going to embellish it. I'm going to use it for what it is. The content that it helps me create and the uh, conversations it sparks within my mind and my inner monologue. Yeah. This is going to be the emphasis of this episode if you haven't already to- if you haven't already figured it out this is uh it seems things have always aligned and given me uh what i need for that week for an episode so this one's this one worked out perfectly even though i'm dissatisfied with it so to backtrack to my point um there are two tweets i do on a daily basis without without fail there i at least tweet twice a day the one, which I actually have an alarm set for on my phone, happens at 10.40 a.m. Central Time. And it is my Amash Affirmations tweet. So if you look back at all those, for the most part, they happen around around 10.40 a.m. Sometimes I decide to do it sooner. Sometimes do it a little bit later. But um, usually they all happen about 10.40 a.m. So, A, that streak's broken. B, um, there's no B. I don't know. I am three whiskeys in, so uh, hopefully that'll uh, add a little bit more entertaining spice to this as I speak with a little bit more of an open mind, a little bit less of a filter. DZLC knows what that's about. Anyway, so... Uh, the other tweet I always do, Ham is at 12 noon central. A little bit more on the dot. A little bit more consistent in terms of uh, exactly when it happens. And it's also basically the same tweet every single day. Um, it is... Uh, it states the time and the date. and says, I still want... Hashtag uh, at Jorgensen for POTUS as my president. And has a few hashtags in there, I believe. Uh, I don't remember it exactly. Because herein lies the problem. I use a an app called If This Then That. I-F-T-T. To uh, actually, I set that up. As, um, as an automated tweet to happen. Uh, if it is 12 noon central, then... It automatically tweets out that message with the date and time inserted. If you go back and look at those tweets, you can see that they are noted as tweeted uh, via or by, I don't remember exactly the words, uh, IFTT. 
And one of the problems that Twitter has is using third parties to uh, help spam or otherwise invade the Twitter sphere, um, put things in people's feeds at <coughs> in their wording <coughs> to inconvenience the natural flow of their their feed. Basically, <coughs> shoving stuff in their feed via third-party traffic um, influences um, to create an unnatural, I guess, flow to what comes in. And I've had that tweet running, or that, I guess, if this, then that program that scheduled tweet running for a month or more, maybe a month and a half. It always gets decent attention. Um, and it's always a different tweet, which is how you can get around from it. Uh, a lot of times Twitter, I believe, will not allow you to tweet the exact same thing. Um, so having that date and time inserted there, you know, kind of got around that rule. But... I believe it finally just like reached its critical mass with Twitter. Like, mm, this boy is doing this too much. Because I got my notice of being suspended on my accounts, my personal and my libertarian account, at, I believe, 12.17 p.m., which, in my opinion, was just enough time for that tweet to go out, Twitter to analyze, Twitter to suspend, and then Twitter to send out the email. All automated, I'm sure. Um, I don't believe, like I said, I don't believe there's any explicit malicious content. Like I was on some list and if this if this guy tweets it one more time, he's out. I'm sure it's their automated system. <clears throat> but I also am not naive to understand that viewpoints that contradict the major narrative portrayed by the duopoly probably get a little more attention than others so i'm not i'm not stupid to think that maybe if it wasn't a pro liberty or vote gold hashtag or uh, something regarding uh, you know liberty libertarian in general that it couldn't have gone on for two, maybe three more weeks before it got automated, uh, flagged by the automated system. I'm sure it probably hastened the pace for when that got flagged. Uh, I don't doubt that at all. But regardless of that, I'll be back and I'll be ready when the time comes. I thought it was going to be about a 48-hour turnaround. Turns out that was not true. When I come back, I'm gonna be, I'll spam a little bit with my Amash affirmations. I'm going to catch up. I'm going to make myself catch up. Um, the DZLC has helped kind of keep that afloat for now. Thank you guys. Again, you're my family. Love you guys. Uh, things will continue as they, as they should. I was planning on having a guest uh, for this uh, for this episode four, but guess what? Turns out they couldn't make it anyway. 
So it was a little bit serendipitous that I got suspended and had content to uh, to uh, discuss here. Uh, and I am frustrated. I'll admit that completely and fully. Embrace it. I'm a little frustrated. I want to be on there. Because the thing is, is I can see most of the notifications that pop up. It seems weird. Like It's like, I can't, I don't think I can see all of them. But I can see most of them. Um, I can see the tweets that are going out. My feed doesn't update. But I can actually pull up notifications where I've seen my friends tag me in things. So I know things are going on. But it's like looking through a frosted window, like a frosted glass window. You see the odd shapes and get an idea of what's going on, but you can't really see the details. So here I sit in a bit of melancholy and a bit of uh, frustration, probably more than a bit, quite a bit of frustration. But it's also, I guess, service level vanity frustration because I don't need the Twitter. Um, I was enjoying what I was building there. I was enjoying the the friends I was making and the uh, and the and the the message I was able to spread out based on how much I had grown. And I know that I have a lot more to grow, and I don't have any some any illusions about me being some major player in the Twitter sphere. I had a meager following. It, it was substantial, but it was still meager uh, overall. But I felt like I was finally hitting a stride of where I was finding my my niche, my circle, my friends, um, those I really vibed well with. And thankfully, I've been able to keep in touch with most of them off Twitter. But I definitely want to be back because there's a lot I want to do. I've always wanted to grow my voice with no particular reason in mind up until these past few months. I always wanted to have a reach. Some might say fame. Uh, For the longest time, I thought that's what it was. I thought that's what I wanted was to be famous, to have fame, to to acquire notoriety based on my name alone and in, in in the talents that I that I possess. But I've come to realize in the past few months through this period of being at home, working from home due to COVID, uh a lot of time to self reflect and, and, and realize who I am, what I want, and where I'm going. To realize that it wasn't ever fame that I wanted. I wanted to be able to have a position where I could give a voice to those things that need a voice. Where I could give, where I could shed a light on those things that I felt were important, not for the sake of self-glorification, not for the sake of, oh look at me, but for the sake of having a stage with which to spread a message 
that I felt passionate about. Have a stage and an audience to, to listen to something that I feel is important. In these past few months, I've realized that maybe, maybe through subconscious means, it, it was the liberty movement. I've been aware of libertarianism since around 2008. In a passing sense, I've been politically aware to a more extensive degree since about 2015, 2016. And I've been what I would consider fully active and politically aware since about March. And as I said in uh, the dining out video, hey, it's a, you're seeing a new me. I'm discovering myself as I'm doing these things. So it's a growth. It's a documentation of my growth. But the suspension has made me kind of realize it a little more fully. That I feel like I want to grow. So I can help push forward ideas and voices that I feel like need to be heard on a broader scale. And that's part of, I mean, I wanted, part of the reason why I started the libertarian persona, I guess is how some people might phrase it. I don't really think of it that way. Uh, but it was so it could be – I didn't want a face associated with it. I didn't want it to be me. I wanted it to be – this is going to sound like – I'm sure this sounds egotistical. I'm sure it sounds big-headed, but it, it, it's all my genuine and developing thoughts in this moment. But I wanted it to be an entity that was seen – as almost like a digital megaphone in some ways to spread ideas and, and passions of people who, and it's not even limited to the liberty movement or liberty Twitter or libertarianism in, in and of itself. There are many different voices across many different spectrums that have valid points, that have Things that need to be said and heard across all you know, all levels of belief, all contingencies and differences, and across different lifestyles and and cultures and regions, and there needs to be a unification in general of people under ideas. It was touched on a little bit with, uh, I believe, me and uh, Reed, the naturalist capitalist, touched on a little bit in our last episode. But the biggest thing that we need right now is ideas, not people. Not people, not parties. It needs to be... Engagement. It needs to be 
accessible. And it needs to be something that individuals feel like they can be a part of without having to manipulate, adjust, or warp their self-perceived boxes. I guarantee you, well, I don't even have to guarantee you, I know it for a fact. Reed and myself, this is just one example, a recent example that you guys can relate to. Reed and myself, pardon me if I don't remember, I believe he said he's atheist at this point. I believe he said that. Um, But either way, I've grown up in a Christian household. I believe he did too, but regardless of how he was raised, his current belief system is polar opposite of mine. I I attend church weekly. I volunteer. I'm a lead volunteer. Um, some of you may not see that from some of the things that I say, um, but that's also because I the ideas need to surpass boxes that people feel like they place themselves into. And I think that's something that, you know, people like Reed and I, while we meet on so many different things, it would be easy in the normalcy of today's society for him to be an atheist, me to be a Christian, and us to just completely divide at that point but we take it in stride. And I think that's what more people need to do. And that that might sound hokey a little bit. I'm sure it does. It is. It's hokey. It's a little hippie-ish to say, like, man, can't we all just get along? But it's not, can we just get along? It's, let's find the common ground. Let's meet on the playing field of ideas on an individual level and not let the division between certain beliefs dictate how we interact. You will have beliefs that you hold tight, that you hold to your core. They're core beliefs that everyone has. I'm sure Tomo, Rachel, um, will probably hear some of my psychological background in this. There are beliefs people hold that are close to their core that when you hold them that close, when you believe them that fiercely, it's not just a belief. It it becomes melded into your self-identity. You identify with the aspects of that belief because you hold it so close to yourself. Myself, that would, one of those things would be Christianity. And a lot of times, most of the time, what happens is there's somebody who criticizes Christianity or a core belief of someone, they will often feel personally attacked because they hold that, that belief, that piece of uh, that part of. Uh, their belief system so close to their core identity and identify with with it so thoroughly 
that a criticism of the idea itself becomes a criticism of themselves. Now, is that always what's happening? No, it's not. It's absolutely not what's happening. But that's where arguments break down. That's where discussions break down and become arguments of a personal nature. And that's what we need to get rid of. You have to kind of step out from that. You can have a core belief. Embrace it. Be part of it. Identify with it thoroughly. Make it your number one passion. But if somebody has criticism of it, that is no reason to feel personally attacked. Their experiences have led to a different a different belief than they have than you have, and maybe your personal experiences will bring them to your belief, and maybe it won't. Not everybody's going to believe all the same things. Now I'm getting a little philosophical here, so while I feel like I'm on a good line, I don't want to dive too deep into that. I want somebody to bounce it off of. I think this is a discussion that could be continued. It's definitely definitely the core uh, of the discussion that was that has been started and has continued in many different circles that I've seen, uh, and and partially. What we touched on, what I touched on with uh, Reed last week, the naturalist capitalist. Subscribe to his YouTube channel, by the way, guys. But uh, that being said, I think I think this is probably getting into a little bit of a self-reflection. I feel like the next steps that I would be taking were would be considered a analyzation of my own core beliefs and what I think about them. And I don't think that's something for the podcast. I think that's something for my poetry journal. So uh, I'll pause there. Maybe we'll pick up that discussion later on with another guest. Uh, find it naturally. Well, that's what we're always going to do here. There are always going to be conversations. And this is a conversation with myself, mostly. And an unambiguous you. And... uh my glass of whiskey. But uh, hopefully I touched on some things that uh, resonate with you. Whether it be paltry issues and complaints about Twitter suspensions. Or deeper concerns regarding core beliefs and having your self-identity linked to those beliefs so viciously that you defend them with ferocity when somebody comes in with critiques be that as it may I feel like we're probably at a good stopping point friends and family I think uh, I think I've hit on a few notes that uh, will ding dong and ring wrong in your head long enough for it to make sense and make you think throughout the week and again Maybe we'll maybe we'll do this more than once a week. I don't know. I feel like once a week's pretty good so far. Well, might as well cut it off here. Thank you for listening, those of you who tuned in 
And I uh, hope you have a wonderful evening. This has been episode four of the Libertarian Podcast. You guys have yourself a beautiful week.